electrifying, gritty, and unrealistic. Welcome back to The Brave Files, everyone. This is Heather Vickery. I'm so excited to have you here with us. Okay, my beautiful brave hearts, I have a question for you. What type of relationship do you have with forgiveness? Hmm, what about forgiving yourself? The work of forgiveness is something that shows up for me on a regular and consistent basis. In fact, it just reared its ugly head earlier this week, and I was reminded that forgiving myself is an ongoing process, and it should be for all of us. Today's guest says that the moment of real change for her was when she started forgiving herself for not being perfect. How many of you can relate to that? After chasing validation like it was a drug, Juliana Garcia discovered that living in a state of constant curiosity did in fact open her up to making mistakes and having what others might perceive as failures, but it also opens her up to learning opportunities and to the beauty, joy, and wonder of life. Juliana and I talk about learning to be our own cheerleaders, healing our inner child, and the freedom that comes with forgiveness, as well as so much more. You're going to love this conversation. She is absolutely brilliant. Stick with us all the way to the end. Today, I want to give a special thanks and shout out to Chris Davis for buying the coffee this week. If you've been inspired by this podcast or any of my content, you can also say thank you and buy me a coffee. Okay, fine. It's not really a coffee. It's a tip jar. And sometimes I use those tips to support my favorite local coffee shop. If you are inspired by the work that I do and would like to say thank you, you can do that by visiting vickeryandco.com slash thanks. Not only will you get my undying gratitude, but everyone who buys me a coffee will get a shout out either in my newsletter, this podcast, or my weekly live show, Brave in Action. So be sure to tune in to all of the different places so you can hear me sing your praises and say thank you. Again, if you want to say thank you and buy me a coffee, you can visit vickeryandco.com slash say thanks. You're listening to The Brave Files, where we share stories from people who've stepped out of fear and into bravery in every possible way. What we know for sure is that when we choose bravely on purpose, we choose bigger, we win bigger, and it's contagious. It's our hope that these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement that enriches both our lives and our communities. The Brave Files is brought to you by Vickery & Co., a success and leadership coaching firm dedicated to helping you build a life and a business that you are absolutely in love with. Vickery & Co. offers group programs, membership communities, one-on-one -on -one coaching, VIP days, corporate trainings, workshops, keynote speaking, and so much more. Visit vickeryandco.com to get all the details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Brave Files. I'm so happy to be here with you today. When today's guest, Juliana Garcia, was growing up, she had a lot of questions. But asking those questions often led to punishment because Julia was supposed to just put her head down, do what she was told, not make mistakes, and never, ever question anything. But today, Juliana is an online entrepreneur with a multi-million dollar business that she built out of curiosity. She pioneers a cutting-edge, client-centric approach that breaks the old-school marketing rules and focuses on selling through intimacy, integrity, strong mindset tools, and here's my favorite part, zero bullshit. <laughs> She's here to share her personal Brave journey with us, and what a journey it is. What a story. Juliana, welcome to The Brave Files. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to have you here. We have had, we've been going through the summer ringer to get uh, in the same room to do this interview. So I'm really thrilled to have you here. Have you been enjoying your summer so far? Oh my God, it's been so delightful and so delicious, full of love, full of adventures. It's been wild. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's the way life is supposed to be. Um, uh -huh. Now you are, you are a parent, right? You're a mother? I am not a mother. I'm a mother you, of me. You are a mother of you. <laughs> All right. I am the mother I always 
needed the whole time. I probably give, give mother feels because I have reparented myself so well. So I am the mother of meme. Oh, I love that. Well, that was my that was why I asked the question. <laughs> and I guess I, I didn't. I read all of this stuff about you and I just made an assumption, which is so silly. We shouldn't do that. Uh, but I wanted to specifically ask about your relationship with your mother, your childhood, because foundationally, you know, we talked about it, I talked about it in the short intro, you were really raised to shut up and be perfect. Can you can you speak on that for a little bit and how that shaped you? And Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, I think that people look at me now. And if you ever come across me on social media, or even in real life, I'm the same person, but people see me as a really confident person that is very certain herself and when i was little when i was younger i couldn't it, it, i was so different because when i grew up my mom took this kind of curiosity that i had around why is the world that way like i always was just curious asking why 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 and she shut it down she never liked it mm. and the fascinating thing is that the more that she said that I shouldn't be asking why, the more that I was like, but why? But why? <laughs> like, it's like it did not help the yes, situation. Absolutely. <laughs> and on top of that, she really wanted me to be the best in school. Like she wanted, she was never good in like a good student, but she wanted me to be great. And so I developed this um belief system that unless I had straight A's, I wouldn't be loved because I would be punished if I didn't get, if I got everything like, you know, stars and my admiration from every teacher, it wouldn't be enough if I got one B. It just wouldn't wow. be enough and good for her. And I didn't just get punished. I mean, I come from South America, so I'm Colombian and you know, the cultural, um, the, the parenting styles there are very different from America. I mean, there you getting beat up, it's normal. It's not a big deal. And so I would yeah. get, I would get, you know, there was just a lot of physical and mental abuse that I experienced that I started to normalize because that's what I thought everybody sure. would go through. Yeah. And so I grew up with this mentality of I have to be perfect, right? If I don't get straight A's, if I'm not the best, then I'm not lovable. And I shouldn't be questioning authority. I shouldn't be asking why too much, which is so completely different than who I am today. <laughs> it's like, you know, so that's a little bit of, of the backstory of yeah. where, how it was in my childhood. You know, it's so interesting. Perfectionism is such a dangerous, scary path to go on. And we somehow end up there on occasion because of somebody else's fears. Do you feel, mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of adult relationship you have with your mother or if you have mm -hmm. one at all, but as a, as a mother myself with four children, I think, oh, she was afraid of you getting hurt. But I don't know, maybe she was just yeah. mentally unwell or, or just evil yeah. or I don't know. I don't know your mother. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if, because so often we try to help other people but we screw it up by putting our fears on them. Yeah, I mean, I realized that what happened with her is she had me when she was 18. And mm. I mean, I can think of myself when I was 18, I had no idea what I yeah. was doing. I mean, yeah. I, I did, I was really brave. So when I, you know, when I was 17, I moved to Australia by myself. And wow. that's not something that every human does, it's not just like your regular mm -hmm. kind of life. Mm -hmm. So I know that I was a very mature, young girl from the very beginning and grew up with adults my whole life so i didn't really have cousins brothers sisters he was so i was always very mature kind of like never really childish never really i could never throw tantrums you know um mm. but when i was 17 i was still a child you know and, yeah, and i of moved course. All i have a 17 year old <laughs> right and you consider yeah. them like your child yeah. and and at the time when i was 17 and i turned 18 in australia for the first time like by myself i just couldn't imagine having a child like a kid and one of the really fascinating things is when i started doing personal development when i was 21 and go through i went to a program called landmark i don't know the landmark forum mm. i imagine a lot of people know about it yeah one of the yep. realizations that i had was that my mom was doing the best she could with what she had at 18 as a mother mm. and she just had no idea how to parent 
like no idea and i resented that for so long because i wanted my mom to be my rock to give me advice to be there for me to be a mother but she just didn't know how and even when i was in australia on my own, building my own life. I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out in the world, like, who am I? I'm 19, 18. Like, I live in a whole other country, a whole yeah. other language. I didn't know anything. And she doesn't. She just was never the type of mom that would give me advice and be like, here's some live advice that I can give you. Because she didn't have she, any. <laughs> no. She was just like, okay, well, yeah. you did this thing. Like, if you leave, you're out. She was like, if you leave this house, you're done. Like, goodbye. And I'm like, I was like, okay, yeah. because I, I can't quite survive here. I can't live a healthy life here because I was always in, in conflict with her. And now we have a, you know, I think that moving to Australia and building my own life and going to 54 countries and building my own business and having three different passports, which is everything that I have done so far. Wow. It's, it's been the best thing for us because now we get along. And now I really have gone on this personal development journey to help me understand myself and understand her better. So things are really great. Uh, But in the beginning, I definitely had a lot of resentment. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, understanding what motivates people to mistreat us doesn't excuse the mistreatment. Mm -hmm. But what I've found is that it helps in, in the forgiveness, which is a personal freedom tool. What kind of relationship do you have with forgiveness? I mean, the 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 moment when forgiveness really hit home for me was when I stopped trying to forgive others and because yeah. I was like layer one, but really when I started forgiving myself. Yes. For being so unkind to myself for being so harsh on myself for having such high expectations of myself and i forgave myself by noticing that i only picked this up from my from my childhood from my upbringing and i released all the pressure that i had put on myself to be this excellent perfect little girl and woman Mm. and entrepreneur and all the things and i just and i keep doing it i mean this is not a thing that you forgive once and then you're good i mean i keep every day we do things that are sometimes not very kind and i'm just so aware when i am when i slip sometimes into oh you could have done a better job oh you could have done it oh you could oh you didn't (laughs) hit your goal oh like like oh my god honey i mean this morning i just woke up and i'm like because right now i'm really healing my heart from a breakup that just happened very like literally last week and and it's just the most important relationship that i get to have is with my inner child and Mm. i was like why aren't you over this already it's been five days (laughs) and i'm like i'm like oh honey i'm so sorry i'm so sorry for rushing you and for and for asking so much of you this is such a hard time this is such a you know it's very difficult to fall in love and to know that it's not the right path and Mm. this is all a lot and and just that tenderness and that forgive like asking myself to forgive me asking her to forgive me for being not very kind sometimes is honestly a daily practice i don't i don't think that there is a day that doesn't go by where i'm like oh sorry that was not what i meant to say yeah (laughs) oh my gosh i really love that though Mm -hmm. um i talk a lot about you know words matter and limiting voices and you know, saying things in a way that feel good when they land, whether they're to me or or someone else. We don't talk enough about the fact that we're going to make mistakes. We're mm-hmm. we're going to say shitty things to ourselves and others, and we're you know we're going to push ourselves too hard. And I love this visual I have of you sort of walking through your day and saying, "Oh man, I'm really sorry. Yeah, I'm really sorry I did that to you." And you're talking to yourself. I mean, what a graceful generous way to move through because it's a it's a freedom technique oh totally i mean i was thinking about this morning as i was getting ready for this podcast i i was thinking how much uh, when i do that when i don't forget to do that i feel like a, a huge sense of i have my own back like i got me i don't i don't really need uh, mm. the outside a friend or or a client or a, the ex-boyfriend or the mom or you know anyone i really don't really need them to reflect back to me 
you're good. I love you. You're doing great mm. because really it's me. I, I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, what would I love my ex to say to me right now? That's <laughs> a great question. I mean? You know, yeah, what would what, I just love for them to say? What was the answer? <laughs> and I, I, I love you you're amazing um, and you know because because we we were so we had such a beautiful relationship where we built each other up so much and and i wanted to tell him i'm like oh i'm excited about this i'm nervous about this i'm i'm looking forward to this and i'm like i just wanted to text him and call him and say whatever and i know he wants that too and so i was like okay but what would i want him to share what i is what is it and everything he always said he's like you're you're so brilliant you've got this you're so extraordinary like he would always just build me up and i'm like well i can do that to myself like i don't yeah. i don't need to wait for somebody to, to hear from somebody else and one of the my biggest addictions in life i have you know we've gone through a really tough life in terms of childhood and experiences and having to do it all myself and building my own life and going from one country to another and, and having dreams and desires but one of the biggest things how that you know i didn't go go down the rabbit hole of being a drug addict luckily right. or not that there's anything wrong with that and whatever that's another conversation but i could have done that what i did instead is i just i developed an addiction for validation mm from and other so, people outside yeah, sources yeah yeah like i wanted to feel validated that was my secret drug of choice my whole life and and so you know it's kind of kind of like other people are addicted to drugs i was addicted to validation and that has been like my detox my whole life my ever since i turned about 22 i had that awareness and as an entrepreneur it became even more heightened and that's when i was like oh this is an actual addiction like i want it i crave it i feel it if i don't get it i need it and that's one of the reasons why i um I mean, I'll tell you later when we talk about the Expose Your Truth Challenge and all of that, that's when I really broke through that addiction to validation. And and I noticed it, how it wants to come back, how it, sometimes it shows up. And I just remember, oh, this is something that I get to give myself. I'm obviously, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not fully giving it to me. And so that's where the most important, healthy, cleanest source of validation, it's only through me. Wow. Yes. I mean, I really, the awareness changes everything. So when we learn those things about ourselves, when you recognize like this is, this is what I'm addicted to and it's what I'm seeking and working towards. And then you go, okay, now I can see that pattern of behavior. How else can I get it? It's similar to what would I want him to say to me? I can say mm -hmm. that to myself. Yeah. Um, that's so empowering for people to be able to do for themselves. I have, you know, with the Brave Method, it's my, my coaching method and program, the E is for expand and empower. And I like to remind people that empowerment is inside work. And that's exactly yeah. what you're doing. Like no one can give you that. It mm -mm. became an addiction for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you thought that that validation was empowering you and really mm -hmm. was holding you back. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you don't get, it's great when you have it. It's kind of like money, right? It's it's like, ooh, great. I am making multi-million dollars. I am having, a, you know, $200,000 a month. And this has just become the reality. And this is how my life is. And then what happens if you don't have right. a, a $3 million business? What happens in the month when you make $70,000 instead of $200,000? What happens the month when you make $0? Like what happens? It's all external valid, external feedback that we're waiting to receive in order to feel a certain way. And that's when it becomes dangerous. That is the yeah. most dangerous part of business, of, of life, is is waiting for the thing to happen in order for us to decide how we want to feel about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's an interesting, one of the things I wanted to chat with you about was communicating. Do you feel like you were always a good communicator? I know that you've, you're, you're inquisitive, and you have such great questions, and you want to know more 
those things tie in. What's your relationship like with communication? So I, because my mom was always telling me not to ask too many questions and don't ask why, I really didn't share. I didn't ask too much. I didn't, you know. Mm. So and also I, I recognize that our communication was so so poor. We just didn't hear each other. It was just not not flowing. So I always I grew up with this desire to be able to be understood, mm. to be able to be heard, and to be able to have. Um, calm harmonious conversation where we got to understand each other's worlds and I because I never had that in my in my family and so I develop in you know I moved to Australia I was in a completely different culture I started studying marketing I started traveling the world all because I got scholarships and I was just the best student thank God made a lot of money when I was a student thank you to the Australian government and my and my what I did, I, I traveled the world on my own and I just asked questions and I got to understand people's worlds and I developed mm. this really heightened sense or ability to empathize. And empathy is what is one of my superpowers, I would say, mm, especially yeah. in the work that I do, because I am able to articulate the message that somebody wants to share in the world in a way that they've tried for years to say it, but it doesn't quite land the way they want to hear it. And there's something in me that I've developed from all of the lack of communication and from being in communication with so many humans in so many cultures and so many circumstances, and from being in a lot of conflict and in difficult situations where communication was the only way through. Like I had to master the art of understanding each other and humans in order to be able to get to, to be understood and to survive, you know, moments. Mm. And so to, so that's why the work that I do in the world is every, it, it has to do with communication, communicating your value, communicating your offers, communicating in your marketing, communicating on a sales call, communicating everything. And to me, communication is, is my, one of my top values. It's so essential for us to walk through life in harmony. So what are your core beliefs with communication like i don't know how i want to ask that question for some people communicating is is talking it's mm. setting boundaries i mean all of those things are important and for others communicating is listening um asking better questions like for you and you know we said in the at the beginning of the show that you have a multi-million dollar marketing business and you're telling us the bedrock of it is communication so what kind of communication leads to a multi-million dollar business <laughs> that is what a question that is i was not prepared for that one that's no one has ever asked me that but let me feel that's into what it. i try to do around here <laughs> what okay when was the question one more time what kind of communication leads led? to a multi-million dollar business okay got it yeah so for me the kind of communication that leads to a multi-million dollar business is a communication where you are more interested in the other person's world versus mm. just being stuck in your own. And, and interested by that, I mean curious. Yeah. Because I didn't build a multi-million dollar business by focusing on myself. I built a multi-million dollar business by focusing on what the other what other people were feeling and how how could I create and provide value to their lives based on my gifts. Mm. So for me, understanding the other person's worlds, this is what I do in my sales calls. This is what, what I don't do sales calls anymore, but what I teach um, and what I got me to not needing to do sales calls and having such high <laughs> demand for my offer. It's because every time that somebody got on the phone, I would just focus on understanding their world understanding their world and, and and this is in life too if you are ever in a fight with your husband with or in a conversation with somebody and there's some kind of disagreement the most important thing that you can do to disarm that and to really get to a solution and to put your ego away which is the hardest part is just to ask questions about how they feel mm. how do you feel how did that land I want to understand more of your world. Tell me more. I, I want to get that. Because even if you don't agree, that other person 
Nobody, nobody in the world does this, by the way. Like very few people. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> it's like it's like nobody does this. They all everybody wanna, wants to do what when they're in a disagreement. They want to defend themselves, right? They want to stand in there. They want to plant their flag and they want to say, "Here's my case," and yeah. they're ready to tell you all the things yeah. that they prepare, thinking about it in the shower. You know, like this is what I'm gonna say about this, and mm-hmm. and. And it's like, I, I'm here to hear you. If you're the type of the, the person that shows up in the conversation saying, I just genuinely want to know how you felt. I care about you. So I'm curious what, what came up for you. We're in business. Um, I, it sounds like you need support with attracting clients and with your message. I'm curious, how does that feel for you to not be able to attract clients? What have you tried before? Tell mm. me more. You know, yeah. what What are the things that feel heavy right now for you, right? Like just being in the curiosity, that is, com- that, that begins, that, that begins the communication, like f- it allows the communication floodgates to open and, and it creates a dynamic where you actually get more informed about their world and then it's much easier to come up with a solution because you're not no longer making assumptions of what you think the other person needs or and then maybe prescribing them yes. something if you're a business owner that they're like actually I don't need this of course then you lose the sale because like they're like you're cool yeah. but like that's not what I needed and you made assumptions about what they needed right yes yeah questions trump assumptions <laughs> stop making a million them. percent i tell exactly. all my clients especially my my leadership clients my corporate leaders start asking more questions and start listening more and stop just talking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you do anything if you don't take anything else away from the work <laughs> just stop telling people what to do all the time ask more questions and actually listen so, Julieta, what led you? You you left home at 17. You went to Australia, which is so brave. I mean, I'm just thinking, mm-hmm. gosh, about my own children. And and first of all, the the mama bear in me is like, oh, my God, that would be, mm-hmm. it would be killing me. But, you know, they would be fine. Things work out. But <laughs> yeah. you did that. And you've traveled, you said, I think, to 54 different countries, mm-hmm. uh, yes. which is incredible. How did you end up in the marketing arena? Well, I... Went to Australia to study marketing. So that was always my thing because of the communication thing, right? I was like, communication in business, that must be a good thing. Let's go. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) That that was my train of thought when I was 17. Um, (laughs) And so I was there and I started my first company, uh, which was a software company from scratch without an idea, any coding skills or any funding. I signed up for like a coaching program, essentially, that teaches you how to do that. And I was one of the success stories in that program, but I didn't love software. Software was not my passion. I was always the type of friend that people would come to for coaching. I mean, I helped my mom with her co- with coaching <laughs> through her divorce. I mean, I was just like the coach ever since I was little. And so I didn't know anything about coaching until I joined that program and I became kind of like coach, a coach in the program. And I told the founder of the program, I wanna become a coach. I would love to be a coach. I don't know if software is my thing, even though like I did the whole thing and I created the company, whatever. And and he's like, Juliana, don't become a coach. Coaches don't make money. <laughs> Unaligned, poor coaches don't make money. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Okay, I won't become a coach. Okay, because I thought he, this guy knows. Uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. so listening to authority <laughs> and thinking they know better than me, which was a trauma response to being my, my mom, like remembering authority my mom do whatever she says right and so i I didn't have my confidence at the time so i instead decided that i would i was not going to become a coach because they're broke and instead i was going to create a marketing agency where i would do marketing for coaches and i did very well except i was burned out and i Mm -hmm. was doing basically running ads doing launches and with like multi-million dollar um, like budgets. I was behind the scenes of the movie Think and Grow Rich and launching that and just really cool epic projects. But mm-hmm. I was doing it for people and and I wanted to people I wanted to teach coaches how to fish. I didn't want to just go fishing yeah. for the coaches. Yeah. And also I just love coaching. You know, I love coaching people in their mindset and mm-hmm. and and so I decided, so after two years of doing the agency thing and not feeling delicious, I was burned out and I, but I was so scared. I was so scared to come out of the gate and say, I am a coach. 
that felt the, like the hardest thing ever because I felt like people were going to judge me, criticize me, mm -hmm. think, oh my God, yeah. you're another coach. Okay, all right. You're one of the <laughs> social media Facebook coaches. And my friends are so successful that they were making fun of coaches. So I was like, oh my God, I don't want to be, you know, they're going to make fun of me. What am I going to think? And I spent like a whole two years in that drama of mm. wishing I could do the damn thing, not doing the damn thing because I was, I was scared that people would judge me. And one day I had an idea in the shower and the idea was expose 30 truths about yourself in 30 days. I'm like, what? what? I mean, it was totally divinely guided. It's just like a big download. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a Sunday. I was in the shower. It was like 5 p.m. And I was like, came out of the shower, wearing a towel, not even getting dressed. And I was like, I got to do this now. Otherwise, I'm never going to do it. And I just <laughs> announced it. And I said, as of tomorrow, I am going to expose 30 truths about myself for 30 days. And the intention is for those of you who align with what I share to stick around. And for those of you who don't, to feel free to yeah. exit my world. Move on. Yeah. And what I want to share is all the lessons that I've learned around marketing, mindset, sales, so that you can benefit from that. And I can tell you that after that 30 day exposure to challenge up to 30 days, I made the most money I had ever made with the easiest, wow. lightest load of work because I was sharing the lessons. I was yeah. showing up as an expert, but also as a human. And people started reaching out to me. Hey, I want to, I want your help with this. I want your help with that. I want your help with this. And I signed 15 at the time, $15,000 to me as a one-on-one, uh, one-on-one client was a lot. Sure. It's, it, and, it is. And yeah. even now, even now it is. And I was like, but I had to work so hard for that in, as in my agency. So it was just like, <laughs> what coaching? What do you mean? And I mean, now my, my prices are like, I, it's a hundred thousand dollars for my one-on-one -on -one coaching. I mean, I have grown a lot, but at the time it was like, I cannot believe this is happening. And that's really what started the journey of me owning my voice and being brave and exposing my truth yeah. and leading with authenticity and also with leadership and, and thought leadership. And that's, you know, the beginning of how I started my coaching business. Mm. I love that. I mean, what I heard you say just now was by being vulnerable and honest and putting your truth out there, the right people were attracted to that and they saw your strengths and they said, let's go. Exactly. Yeah. It gets to be simple. <laughs> I know. And we like to remind people that simple isn't easy. Right. It's just simple. <laughs> because showing up like that every day for 30 days, those, those are the kinds of things that my in our voice is like, well, you can't do that unless you look perfect. And I don't always want to have my hair and makeup done and look great. And can you really show up, you know, have, when you've just rolled out of bed? And I mean, how did you how did you deal with that? I, I mean, I think this is a, such a beautiful conversation. I'm so glad you asked me that because I it was just written content. So it wasn't live. It wasn't a video. Um, oh, I yeah, don't know why was, I just assumed it was video. I guess this was before video was the it thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think live streams at the time were not a thing, but it was written content. And now it's a guide. So like if anyone wants the guide, we're more than happy to share it with everybody. Like oh, it went viral. Over 7000 people have joined. It's amazing. But it was it's all written content and prompts. And so what I did is I I just sat down every single day in the morning when I have my clearest thoughts and I just started saying something that felt hard to share and mm. I just didn't edit myself and I sometimes started in a, some kind of angle and I ended up in a different thing but what I developed was self-discipline and self-love because yeah. for me the most important thing was I want to I want to be my word I this is not for mm. other people even if nobody likes it nobody comments it really didn't start as a way to get clients by the way it just started as a way for me to break through that that fear of showing up and owning myself as a coach and owning myself as a thought leader and owning myself as like, here's my voice. So it was nothing to do with clients. It was just, let me share with you some stories. It just so it happens that people were like, I want to buy from you. And so every that. day for me was just sacred to just get it done. Just say the thing, just 
be gentle and loving with yourself as you write these words because they could be better they could be perfect we could totally talk about another thing and a hundred other things but that's not the point the point is show up for you juliana and that was my mm. only commitment i'm like i'm doing this for me even though I, it's been three hours and i still can figure out what i'm gonna <laughs> say and but i was like i'm not gonna go to bed unless i've posted this i'm just not yeah. gonna i'm not gonna go to bed and sometimes it was like Sunday at 2 p.m. and my boy, my ex-boyfriend wanted to hang out and cook lunch and this. And I'm like, I get it. And I'm going to show up for me and complete this and let it be simple. And I'm just going to say the damn thing. And it took me maybe sometimes for hours, sometimes 20 minutes. I was at events. I mean, I just did not let anything get in the way because I was just, I think that's the point where I really committed to myself more than my mm. excuses. Yeah, I love that. What so many folks, though, that I know would say, well, just pre-schedule those 30 truths just decide so what i what i'm hearing you say is that you did not have preconceived plans you showed up every day and said what's my truth today yes that's amazing eventually became like now i have a whole system and a content schedule and i teach my clients and now it's like a thing and all right and we schedule it we have a system now but this was like the very i think that's what people get caught up with like give me the abc the schedule the prompts the like organization and it's like yeah okay but then i give it to you and then you still are frozen right <laughs> you well, still don't take the yeah. action and so yeah. i think this is why it the expose the 38 exposure true challenge is such a liberation um for people because they feel like okay i just need to think about one thing and just hit publish and that's it I, it's not yeah about making the perfect seven figure funnel it's not about making like the it's it's like all of that is what complicates the beginning and i just needed that time to be to just get into momentum yeah now you guide others in doing the 30-day truth challenge now right or you have a opt-in people listening can can you tell folks what that looks like how they can get involved i'm like all right brave brave files listeners who wants to do this (laughs) let's all do it together (laughs) oh my god absolutely we can have a cheering squad Yes, it's so good. So you can go to Juliana julianagarcia.com forward slash exposed and you'll download the guide and the guide gives you the, okay, so first of all, I want to say I didn't have prompts, right? I didn't have prompts right. when I did it. I just showed up. But a, for a whole year, people were asking me for, how did you do that? How did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I just showed up every day. And they're like, do you have prompts? And I didn't. So I went and checked all of my posts and I created prompts based on each one of the days. And so you will have all those prompts and and, and kind of storytelling uh, ideas so that and you will have the example of my post so you can download that and then recently in our recently I think like a year ago I added 12 extra prompts for if you have a service that you sell or if you have anything that you want to just that, that, that you want to sell those 12 prompts are more sales focused or ways that you can make an offer and things like that mm-hmm. but that was really just this is like the this is like three years after I did the first yeah. uh, expose your truth version. So you get yeah you get that. It's really simple. It's just a PDF guide, and it's just so powerful. And I also teach you five content writing secrets to help you move through sharing vulnerable things with elegance mm, yeah. because that's a big part of sharing our story it's not just like you know i don't I, I don't know what your stance is on this so maybe we disagree on this or maybe we agree but i don't believe that your mess is your message i think a lot of people say that and i really believe that there is, there is there are so many gold nuggets in our in our story in the messy parts but also it's really important that if we are thought leaders if we're coaches if we're leaders that we are we learn to share that in a way that empowers others not that dumps on them that dumps their like our own unresolved stuff or blame like that we do it in an energy from a from a responsible and clean energetic space and so it's important to know how to share with elegant vulnerability which is something that Mm. i teach you inside of of the guide and it's a concept that i created trademarked and is like a whole thing people come to me to learn elegant vulnerability because it is important to be vulnerable but it's also important to do it with elegance so that people see you also as a trusted leader and and somebody that can guide them. I love that. It's important to share with elegant vulnerability to be a respected leader. Mm. 
that's that's rich. That's juicy. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> Since you had this breakthrough moment and everything sort of took off from there, what has been the biggest struggle? I always like to talk about I'm I'm a I'm a positive thinker. I'm certified in positive psychology. We always talk about what's great. But I often think we can't get to what's great unless we're honest about what's not great. So what is the biggest struggle? That's what you're that's yeah. what you're asking me. Yeah. I mean, I think for me is being in the dance of the unknown. Mm. Even when there is a lot of certainty in my life, I mean, now that we have a multi-million dollar business, there's a lot of certainty, but there's also a lot of certain uncertainty. And so for me, the biggest struggle has been trusting, like developing this delusion of I believe in me. I believe that I don't know what will happen tomorrow or in a year from today, but what I am certain about is who I am today and that I will not... That, that I can trust that, that I can trust that that I will rebuild if I need or that I will have my own back, that if I have my heart broken, I will be there for me. And being in that like that dance with the unknown, like, I don't know, we don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. We don't That's know right. what's going to happen next month. We think we know. We, we have plans. We have visions. We're like, yeah. It's good to plan. I flexibility. love to plan. Look, you should see my, my whiteboard here. I have everything planned from beginning to end. And then life happens. And then it's like, oh, I didn't expect that. And so it's in that, I think the biggest thing for me has been to learn to dance with the unknown and, mm. and, and be in a space of curiosity and joy, even if it feels like I have all the reasons to like lose it and throw the towel and be like, you know, like today, full transparency, you know, I've been he- handling this or dealing with this heartbreak. And I'm like, the last yeah. thing I want to do is now show up and be like, I got this. Let me teach you some things. And then <laughs> because I was unprepared, I was unprepared yeah. for this breakup to happen. And yeah. I also get to show up for me, have my back and then find the delight in the moment of, yes, mm. my heart is breaking. And yes, I have so much to share. And this is a beautiful moment. And I'm I'm so excited for this and I get to feel all of it. I just wanted to pause so that could just sit with everyone. Because the last thing you said was, and I get to feel all of it. And that we skip that part so Mm -hmm. often because we don't want to feel the icky parts. Mm -hmm. But we cannot fully appreciate the wonderful parts if we haven't experienced the icky ones. Mm-hmm. And you get to feel all of it. And being honest about it is, is again, it's another freedom technique. I, gosh, I love that. To me, there's a lot to celebrate in that. And so mm-hmm. one of my favorite questions I ask every week, and I, I get so tickled by everyone's answers, is for you, Juliana, how do you celebrate? Oh, my God. How do I celebrate? Okay, so the first thing is that I... I celebrate because I love validation. You know how I told I, the first thing was I want. I always wanted to call a friend and and okay. and, and tell them to sell or be like, oh my god, this happened. Oh my god, mm-hmm. and then feel their celebration. And then I realized yeah. that I was. And then I kept calling the next friend, and then the next friend, and then the next friend. So I realized, wait, 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 wait. I'm missing the point here. I first get to celebrate with me and celebrate my inner child in my future self and my present self so all of us we hold hands and we have a party in inside right where we all just hug each other and adore each other and praise each other for mm. what we whatever the thing is right if it was a big business when if it was a difficult conversation that we had anything for me is internal right for me is internal celebration and then once i've really let that like sink into my bones and I could be without the external celebration, I call a friend. (laughs) I I love sharing wins. I love being witnessed in in winning. And I think for a lot of people, that's a little bit confronting to hear. They don't really like to brag, they say, or they don't like to Uh. tell people about it or post about it or anything. I am very open with my wins. I'm very open because I think being witnessed in in your winning, it just gives people the example of that that's possible for them too like you are an example of of, of what's possible when you 
own your win. And so I really think he's robbing people from the experience of seeing what's possible. And I, and that's selfish to me. And so I like to share it with people that uh, I care about close to me. And then more like if I desire, like share social publicly, um, that's not, that's less important to me now, but I think is for me in, in experiencing it internally. I love that. I really, I, I love that whole process. <laughs> right. Fully immersing yourself in whatever it is. And then I do, I, I say the same thing about bravery, which is that um, when we choose bravely on purpose, we choose bigger, win bigger, and it's contagious. And so when you say, you know, being witness to your winning allows others to believe what's possible, that's that contagious growth component. They can see that for themselves. And when they're earlier in their journey, maybe they will see it as bragging and maybe they will say, mm. um, oh, well, I could never do that. But But somehow the seed has been planted. Well, somebody's done that. Maybe one day 100%. So yeah, gosh, I love that. I could keep talking to you forever because I just think <laughs> you're so joyful and brave and brilliant and filled with insight and knowledge, but it's a podcast episode, so we have to be respectful right. of timing. So uh, there are just a couple more questions I want to ask. And one is if um, if folks are just looking to sort of get started on this path of curiosity, on this path of elegant vulnerability, where would you suggest they start? Well, I would say that the best place is to hop in on the Expose Your Truth Challenge because I teach you all about elegant vulnerability there. And it also gives you the playground to be curious around the gifts that you have to share with the world, the stories that are so important for your people to hear. And it's a very, it's a self-healing journey, right? It's mm-hmm. really, it's like, it's not really writing content, that's the result, but really internally is really looking at what has happened in the past and how to learn from that and share the powerful lessons. And that re- it requires a lot of curiosity. And so I would, yeah. just, I would say start oh, there. Gosh. Yeah, I love that. I think that's I think that's excellent. You want to remind everybody again what that web link, link. is? Yeah, mm-hmm. Juliana Garcia. So J U L I A N A, my name, Garcia. G G A R C I A four slash exposed. Exposed with an E D, folks. E D. Just so you can if you're if you're rushing to write it down really quickly or anything like that right now. Exposed. Um, Juliana, yeah. we believe here at the Brave Files, I believe deeply um, in my heart and soul that when we come together as a collective community to raise each other up and support one another, we're just a healthier global community. And so I am excited to ask you, what is your favorite charitable organization to support? I love this question because uh, I can't say it in English, but I love dogs. I love just animals. And so I donate to um, a, a dog shelter in Colombia, where I'm from, called Peluditos de Colombia, which means the furry ones of, from Colombia. <laughs> I so love it. The, the furry ones of Colombia. The furry ones of Colombia. <laughs> and I love saving dogs. And I also donate to um, uh, the Innocence Project, which I don't know if you've heard about it, um, but it just helps. Have, yeah. But okay, I would so love for you from- to tell everybody else the Innocence Project is really, really, really powerful. Yeah, sure. it's yeah. just basically, I mean, in the, in simple words, basically, um, it's an organization that helps uh, people who are incarcerated for or wrongly incarcerated and helps them um, with their cases and get out. So that's yeah. what I, I really support that. It's really important because that's um, unfortunately a truth for so many people, um, especially here in the United States, but probably everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Juliana, will you share your three words with us one last time? Oh, my God. Absolutely. So electrifying, gritty, and unrealistic. Electrifying, gritty, and unrealistic. Yeah. I mean, I'm here for all of it. You are definitely electrifying, although I have to laugh because now I've heard you say this a couple of times. I could. I thought you said greedy, but you said gritty, G-R-I-T-Y. Yeah. G-R-I-T-T-Y. Gritty. Yeah. Gritty. (laughs) Gritty is my accent. Is my accent. Well, you know what, though? I'm here for it. Uh, (gasps) I was like, okay, let's 
what let's explore that because i think that we can reclaim words <laughs> this is this is one of the things that happens when you listen to me you'll see how i say words and it's just super cute I love it. No, you are definitely gritty. I, I love it. And grit. Um, that's one of my favorite books. Angela Duckworth's book. Yeah. Grit mm-hmm. is incredible. Mm-hmm. And then unrealistic. And let's just talk about that for one second, because you you we wanted to get creative. You had three words you can share what those are. And we landed on unrealistic. And I'd love to just hear you speak to that quickly. Well, I think that my story is an example of what is possible. And I believe that we have to be a little bit delusional to believe in ourselves and our vision and who we want to become and what we want to create. And I just believe that being unrealistic, not living in the reality that we currently have or that we see other people have, but really in the reality that we want to live. And that can feel unrealistic and delusional and kind of Wild, and that is the world that I live in. And that is how I was able to go from being a little girl in Colombia with an abusive mother, not knowing what to do with my life, to building a $3 million company that helps the world and having one of the richest lives that I've ever heard about. So yeah. being unrealistic has really served me. I love that. I really love that. I, t- I was telling you earlier that I have added into my bio that I'm an achiever of unrealistic dreams. So I, I feel that. And when I when I, and I'm sure you do this with clients also, when I work with people and we start with visualizing and we start with dreaming, I said, don't put a ceiling on yourself. This isn't about what's possible. It's not about how much can you afford it? Do you have the time? Like, mm. let's just go all in and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be realistic because that's how we manifest. Oh my goodness. Well, I just think you're amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your your joy and your experience with us. I am hoping we can get a group of people together to do oh, yeah. the truth challenge. I think that'd be so much fun to do a Brave House podcast collective. We'll see if, if we get any traction on that. Oh, um, absolutely. And you guys can, you know, there's a Facebook group for it. Or if you want to have your own group, totally fine too. But there's a whole community of people who have done it. And if you even look up the hashtag, it's like so many posts that are that people have, have posted. So if you need me to show you the way, I'm happy to support. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Juliana. Thank you for being here. I, I am so happy to be in in your sphere with all of your wonderful energy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, folks. Well, I'm, I'm lit up. I hope that you are too. And I want to know, I want to know about your truths. I want to know about um, what your relationship is with curiosity and questioning and this concept of um, elegant vulnerability. How beautiful is all of that? So make sure you let me know what resonated with you. You can do that by emailing me, Heather at VickeryandCo.com, or find us on Instagram at The Brave Files Podcast and send me a DM and let me know. I would love to hear about it. Between now and the next time I talk to you, I have one big favor. Would you go onto either Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave a review of the show. It really helps people search for us and find us. And also it just kind of makes me feel really good. So I would love to have you do that. In the meantime, this is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every single day to go out and choose bravely. Bye now. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. Visit us at thebravefilespodcast.com to learn more about the show, Find our show notes and access full episode transcripts. And we'd love to know what you think of the show. We invite you to connect with us via Instagram and send a DM. You'll find us at the Brave Files podcast on Instagram. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. Special thanks to everyone on Team Brave, from our audio engineer to our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. The show wouldn't exist without them, and we are eternally grateful. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in.